0: Welcome to the FNO Insurtech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things Insurtech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Feller.
1: Here we are, we're throwing the ball, we're catching the ball, we're hitting the ball. Sometimes we win sometimes we lose and sometimes it rains and that's exactly what happened to us in las vegas it rained on lee and i it rained kindness and generosity provided by none other than our friends at hippo
2: that's true it absolutely did we were able to sit down and to visit uh, with three guys from hippo a company who's blessed us on this podcast numerous times by being on And they were able to come in and spend uh, a little bit of the afternoon just talking about HIPPO and InsurTech and all things insurance.
1: And we learned at ITC that one of the great benefits of doing our podcast is having access to really terrific people who are uh, not only making a difference in the InsurTech world, but just good, kind people. Uh, and a soft one and his team at Hippo absolutely fit into that. They've been incredibly generous to us. And once again, at, at ITC this year, took the time to be generous to us again and to spend just a few minutes with us for a short conversation about where things are with Hippo and where they're going and some of the different ideas that are on their mind.
2: I think we'd jump on in and listen to these guys. Why don't we why don't we see what they had to say? I
1: don't know about that. I, I liked my Bull Durham quotes.
2: I loved your Bull Durham quotes. Sometimes it rains. You know, I, I don't think I've ever seen that movie.
1: How can you not see that movie? It's one of my favorite movies of
2: all time. I've never seen Godfather either.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I don't okay. Let's have it right now. Top your top three movies. Go.
2: I like Elf. Elf <laughs> is 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 one of my favorites.
1: For those of you who don't know Lee Boyd, that's all you need to know about Lee Boyd. That is completely not a surprise.
2: I like completely. Elf. I like Sound of Music, and I like Walter Mitty. I think those are three of my favorites. Walter okay. Mitty, not the original, but Walter Mitty with uh, Ben Stiller.
3: Okay.
1: Rob's number one? Yeah. Field of Dreams. Yeah, I, yeah. Rob's number two? usual suspects. I don't know what that is. And then there's a lots of threes and fours and fives.
2: I don't even know if I seem filled with dreams.
1: Sometimes it rains. Think about it. We're here in the luxurious media room at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas at the 2021 InsurTech Connect conference, and it is our privilege today to have a conversation with three of the leaders of HIPPO who have joined us graciously through the help of uh, their media department. And we have with us today Asaf Wand, CEO of the company, Rick McCatherine, president of the company, and Christopher Donahue, Chris Donahue. Chief Underwriting Officer, who with us to answer a couple of questions and just take a few minutes and talk a little bit about the InsureTech Conference and and most importantly, HIPPO. So let's start by asking the question, why are you guys here? You you, you have a pretty big contingent with you here. This is an InsureTech Conference. You guys are a carrier. Explain why you're here in the size and presence that that you've brought.
0: Firstly, great to be in this uh, luxurious suite. Thanks for having (laughs) us here. I think it boils down to two points. The first one is when we started this journey and I've been to the first ITC conference. A, we weren't a carrier. InsurTech was not a name. It wasn't even called InsurTech. And I received a lot from this conference. So this is partially a way for us to give back. And contribute and support this ecosystem that go into I don't know how many people in here probably several nice thousands of people thousands, right. in a COVID environment, which is very impressive. So I think this is our way to to give back and then be part of a discussion that's going. The second point, and this is why we have so many people in here, we we basically unleash our people on this conference, and I by that I mean anybody in the you know in the company that thinks that he wants to come and interact and engage they should come we don't look at what's the schedule and what's the agenda if you're on the claim side then you meet all of the vendors on the claims and you build the relationships and the partnership yourself and each one should do their own agenda and and integrate and run with the with the industry there's so many amazing vendors so many partners so many people from the the entire system so we want to be here and support it it's actually important for us
1: rick so are you guys here as buyers I mean, a lot of insurtechs are here as sellers, right? They're, they're, they're trying to find customers. They're trying to find placement for their products in the industry. What, what are you guys doing in that regard? Well, first of all, I, I'm glad you clarified your question with
4: other than why are we here, Rob? Because uh, I've been trying to figure out why the hell I'm here for, uh, for, for a long, long time. But um, I, I think Asaf nailed it. We don't come with a specific buying or selling mentality we We come with talking to with it with a desire to talk to a lot of really smart people that do a lot of different things. Is there partnerships? Can we share some of the knowledge and mistakes learned along the way? We are a karma-based organization. We want to talk to everybody. And if we can help somebody avoid some of the challenges we had early on, we do it. If we can find partners, we do it. If we can provide some guidance and insight, we do it. So we really come with no motive other than let's talk to some like-minded people, whether they're on the carrier side, whether they're on the distribution side, the tech side, the investor side, and collaborate and come up with ideas. And nothing's better than ITC in person uh, to do that.
1: So I so saw five years ago, you're running around the conference, you have this crazy hippo t-shirt on, which was, you know, really stood out then, stands out still today, Very I'd nice say. Stuff. Obviously, your company was in an entirely different place five, six years ago when, when the first insuretech Connect happened than it is today. Talk about that evolution from and, and what that journey's been like.
0: It's, I, I still wear the same T shirt, by the way. Uh,
1: <laughs> Literally, he's wearing the exact same T shirt from five years ago.
0: With a chip like that. Uh, I think there were 150 people. In the first conference. There's thousands right now, which also means there's exponential number of vendors. There's data, innovation. as basically seen such a crazy growth. And I think there's there's no one path for innovation. So we want to be on the front end and the leading edge and seeing what's going on. Hence, we're happy to come and entertain and meet as many people as we can because you never know, you know, where, where the innovation came from. I, I ran into Chris in the corridor and I asked him how's it going? And he said, I already had like 15 meetings today. I'm like, okay, and how many of them were like, you know, something substantial? And it's like, I think like half of them. Or if you get one or two of them that right. you think would change the needle, this entire conference was worthwhile for us. So I think, A, there's an explosion of innovation that's going on. The second thing is, and this is a bizarre situation for us, I still view us as a startup. We, we haven't even started tapping this industry. It's a $110 billion market that grows at five six billion dollars a year we're tiny we just crossed half a billion dollars in gross written premium we're tiny i think this is just the beginning and we still have a mindset of newcomers startup companies the people that coming in to work with us they want to do it not because it's it's the end goal and now that they can you know rest on their laurels they want to come and change an industry and move and this is the pathos that we have for this thing so we are acting very very similarly yes in a different scale, and we need to make sure that the partners that we're doing are, have all of the capabilities that we need, especially now as a public company. But the mindset is very, very similar to what we had, you know, five years ago.
1: Right. I mean, obviously, the big news about you guys in the last six months is that you've gone public. And can you s- maintain that culturally? Can you maintain that you are, that your culture is that of a startup, but you're a public company? I mean, you're you're on Wall Street. How do you do that?
4: I I think we have to. I think the success that we've had at Hippo is, is born with the idea that we have an entrepreneurial spirit. And one of the greatest challenges for all the leaders of Hippo is to make sure that we never lose that entrepreneurial zeal. We never lose that startup mentality. Yes, we need some discipline. And we brought on a lot of great people that can really help with the discipline, but we want to maintain it. We need to maintain it. We have to have the same culture we had when we were 10 people as we have now when we're over 600 people or as we have, I'm sorry, Asaf, in the future when we have over 6,000 people. But I do think it's really important for us to continue it. But bringing new people on like Chris really, really enhance the capabilities of the organization, but they have the same mindset that we've always
3: had. I think what's really interesting as you sit here and you see everybody that's through here, it's insure techs, you know, that are here. It's not necessarily established carriers from around around the country. And that's a big miss. I mean, that room, the expo room, is the future of our industry, right? That is what exactly what we're going to be doing in the next five, ten years. Our competitive advantage is that we do have the culture to come here, find these things, you know, turn over every rock, figure out what's gonna work, what's not gonna work, do it quickly. And that's going to be our competitive advantage as we go forward. It's that culture that's going to be that competitive advantage. Because I mean, we don't have as much data as in as in all states as travelers. We need to supplement that with all the things, all the technology, and all the um, and all the innovation that sits in that room. So it's imperative that we're here.
2: Well, and there is there is so much data. You now have so much data over all of these years. You know what what is it you're actually doing with all of that data? I mean, you have IoT and you have services, you have insurance. I mean, you have a lot. What does the the future hold for that data?
3: So as it builds, right, as you build and you keep collecting more and more lost data, more and more information on your customers, and and you combine that with the enormous amount of third-party data that's available to us, both the traditional insurance data, but also the data on consumer habits, what they do, what they look like, what they want. You can build that into your workflows, build that into your underwriting, build that into your pricing, build that into your marketing, build that into lead generation and drive the clients that whose Hippo's value proposition resonates with most.
2: I love that. You know, for so long, Hippo has always been an insurance company. You always think about it. Uh, but, but here recently, I think so much more of Hippo. It's this uh, connected home, it's services. It's just so much more than insurance. And I'm just curious, what does the future hold for the innovation of Hippo.
0: So we view the company as, as something broader. Our vision is protecting the joy of homeownership. We prefer to focus on homeownership as a whole. And I think in the last couple of years, this all centricity of what is a home changed a lot. It's our gym. It's our, uh, you know, it, it's where we, we educate our kids. It's where we where It's our bar. It's our workout room. It's, uh, you know, it's everything. And it's just different. However, People have an issue that they don't know how to maintain, how to support, how to basically safeguard what is their biggest financial asset. So we, be, we decided to be the, these, these caretakers and help them take care of their home. So it has to do with insurance at the bulk of it and basically making sure that we're the safety net if God forbid something happened. But also helping take care of any other component from their appliances to uh, their inspection that happened in their home. Anything that has to do from the transaction to purchase the home and the post-purchase when you want to help them live their best life in 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 their home. I actually view it as a, you know, in the long term, the 1-800 number for every, you know, crap that happens in your home. Everything, you should have one number. You're locked out of your home. You need a locksmith? Call us. You have your fridge broken? Call us. God forbid, you know, you have a leak in the basement? Call us. We're going to help you take care of your home. Because you need to, take, to make sure that you live the best life you can in your home.
1: It seems like such a simple and straightforward, innovative idea to have a more holistic view of the home than just I sell you your insurance. If you need a plumber, go on the internet and find a plumber. But your guys' proposition is bring it all to us. Is that what you see continuing out into the future in your innovative landscape? I mean, obviously, like Lee said, you've done a lot with IoT. You continue to do a lot there. I assume it's going to continue to branch out so that more people come to you for that holistic care, not just insurance. Yeah, Rob, I
4: actually think you can boil it down to even something more simple than that which is put the customer first. What does the customer need? What do they want? How can we support them? How can we return that joy of home ownership with them without having them to have to figure out, you know, who do I call? What do I do? What do I need to do? I think our industry has struggled a bit recognizing there's a customer at the end of all of this. And as long as we remember there's a customer and their expectations have changed and we look for solutions to help them, I think they win, we win, our partners win. It's a flywheel of if we're providing IoT devices to help you mitigate risk, then you avoid the claim, which is the best claims experience imaginable, mm-hmm. not having it. Then that produces... For everybody. For everybody. It's mm-hmm. a win-win-win for mm-hmm. everybody. And then if you avoid that claim, then you have a better loss ratio. And through that better loss ratio, you can invest in more technologies to further this the cyclical pattern of really taking care of customer. I, I think for us, Um, And this is not just the tech people at HIPPO. You know, we're an insure tech. We're a combination of insurance and technology. It's not just for the tech people at HIPPO. It's also for the insurance
1: people. Put the customer first and everything else will resolve itself.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: It's kind of surprising that that's been something that's been so absent. in, In the insurance world, I think that there's a lot of carriers that would argue that that's not the case. What people call their customers. They don't call them customers. They call them insureds. Yeah, and insureds, policyholders.
4: A right. lot of the times the customers are the agent, which we, by the way, we think agents add significant value into the situation. But there is a in customer who lives in the house that needs to be taken care of. When your house just burned down, do you want to call some call center employee or talk to a bot and say, what the heck do I do? My house just burned down. Or do you want to talk to an empathetic human that says, Are you okay? Is your family okay? Do you need a place to stay tonight? What can I do to help you? And that's what we really focus on at Hippo.
1: Let's talk for a second about your distribution model. That's evolved some through the years, right? Yes? I think our distribution model
4: has been relatively constant in that however the customer wants to interact with Hippo, That's the technology that we need to build to support it. If a customer wants to come to Hippo, direct a consumer, not talk to a human being, we've got a great website. You can get a quote in 60 seconds, buy the policy and be done. If you have a question and you want to talk to one of our agents, we've got a call center full of people that can help you answer that. If you have an existing relationship with an agent that you've been going to for the last 20 years and you trust him or her, you can absolutely call that agent. And we've built technology to help support that agent support you, the customer. If you're getting ready to buy a home or you're initiating a mortgage or you're working with a realtor, we've got partners that we have embedded the HIPPO quoting and binding process within their customer flow. All of this is around how do the agent, excuse me, how do the customer want to interact with us, whether it's agent, whether it's partner, whether it's direct to consumer. Those are the focuses we've had and we've had that more or less from day one.
0: I think it's very consistent with both of these answers on the innovation that we talked before, as well as the distribution, are coming back to the same point, which is it's about customer-centric and it's about looking at what the customer needs and what the customer wants and coming back to that. If you ask me anything, what is in tech? it's rethinking who the customer is. The technology, people should be agnostic. It doesn't matter if it's a machine learning, if it's AI by an alien technology or it's a bunch of norms moving the, the paper behind the scenes. It doesn't really matter. It's about what does the customer want, and how do we take care of the customer? The customer should be agnostic on what technology is. That's why I actually hate when people are saying, there's a bunch of AI. That we, we also, we don't have IoT. I don't look at this IoT devices. Nobody should even know what the acronym for this is. It's about, it's, it's I give you some devices that help you mitigate risk. That's it. That's what you should need. And, you know, if I can do it with software and not giving you the devices, way better. I don't need to give you anything. You as a customer should be enforced to basically focus on the stuff that you want. It's our problem to see how we can best take care of you. And that's, for me, this entire wave of insuretech. It's refocusing back on who the customer is as opposed to taking legacy and processes and politics and organizational structures and stuff like that. And focusing on how to solve that rather than to constantly ask the questions. That's why... Both of the answers that Rick gave were consistent on the same thing. We're agnostic how you want to purchase us as, as long as we focus on how the customer want to purchase. That's, that's one thing. And the second thing is we come up with what the solution that we're going to give because that's what the customer wants, not what the company wants to give you.
1: Chris, is it challenging to create the underwriting structure for such an innovative company? It, I mean, not traditional in so many ways that must that must be uh, quite a challenge on the underwriting side
3: i think it's actually quite freeing right um to do things differently to do things the way that you wanted to do them from the beginning if you were to start over again and that's what we can do as a startup is say okay if i were to tear this down and rebuild it what would i make it look like it probably wouldn't be what you see out there in the vast number of insurance companies right it, it just isn't the same as you would do it we have the opportunity to do that. We have the will to do that and the culture to do that. In fact, we have the mandate to do that. Um, and that comes from Rick and Saf. And I think what it does is allow us to come here and whiteboard, right? And just say, okay, what if I found out from all the folks that I've talked about and how can we implement a, the easiest process in order to obtain insurance upfront? How do we communicate that message to our clients that um, it's about prevention? and that the insurance product that is traditionally sold in the marketplace is actually a backstop to all of that so if we fail in preventing the loss along with our client then we have the insurance product on the back end and then how do you stay in constant contact with that client throughout the life cycle of the policy and so that we're not just talking to them at new business and at time of claim we're actually working with them to keep their um their their policy up to date to make sure that they're covered properly throughout time so that the uh, the value of the policy stays up to date that uh, their exposures are identified that we're reminding them, Hey, your roof is getting into poor, poor condition or maybe they change, you know, they, they replace the roof on their own, make sure that they get the proper credits. Right. So we're in that journey with them along the way. And I think we can build that from scratch and the technology and all the innovation that's out there in the market is helping us do that. Again, our competitive advantage in the marketplace. Is it that.
1: seems like a lot of the innovation in the, in the, marketplace right now is around underwriting. And are are you finding it must be a little bit like a playground out there with all the different tools and ideas and concepts that are coming down to writing now. Are you capturing
3: some of those and help to, to help you with this mission that you have? Absolutely. I have a, I have a notebook full of ideas just from this morning. Um, it's fascinating the, the amount of things that are available and I, you know, I, I think, um, at Prior Carriers, um, I've worked where data, for instance, is seen as an expense. It's seen as, um, something that you spend money on that you have to uh, kind of, uh, strangle, right. And keep the cost down It's a competitive advantage. It's something that we have to continue to drive and try to find um, the data that helps us become more efficient, the data data that helps us select our clients and make sure that we have the broadest appetite available um, to provide our products and services to.
1: Thanks, Chris. That was great. Asaf, in the last minute that we have here, we'll we'll leave the last word to you to to wrap up. Anything you'd like to go to?
0: Sure. Two things firstly I think one of the hardest thing for all of these startups and companies in general is to find the right people that are coming from the industry just like Chris and Mike and several of the others that we bought, that have the experience the vast experience around the industry but also the this entire mindset of innovation and making something different and rethinking what they were doing so this is this is probably where Rick and I are spending 50% of our time finding the right people. So when you find a leader like Chris, then, then it's priceless. And then you have to let them run their course and implement what they need to implement. So that's one thing that I think is important. The second thing, uh, you know, we're an ITC, we're a public company. My conviction of the future of people has never been as strong. This is a massive industry. We just started innovating in it. The path is rosy and and there's so many opportunities ahead of us. My conviction hasn't changed. If anything, it's it's grown in the last five, six years that I've been doing it. I still believe that better use of data, more customer centric approach, better focus on the customers and giving them what they want and what they need. Changing the experience for them is what's going to change this entire industry. So nothing has changed. If anything, I think COVID has sped it forward and I'm more optimistic than I was ever about people and this is just the beginning for us.
1: Like we were saying at the beginning, it rained kindness and generosity upon Lee and I, mostly provided by Andrea, yeah. Courtney, and Jill, who we thank from the bottoms of our hearts.
2: That's true. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for putting this together.
1: We thank all of you for being with us. And it was great to meet so many of you in Las Vegas. We'll look forward to doing it again next year. And who knows, maybe between now and then you too will be on our podcast and we'll hear what we say every time.
3: Goodbye, everybody.